Well, good evening, folks, and it's a joy and a privilege to uh, once again open up the Word of God to you this evening. And I was sitting there this morning saying, uh, that's part of my message. That's part of my message as well. That's another part of my message. So, but the Lord's in control, amen? And uh, sometimes, uh, as Pastor Gavin put it this evening, uh, sometimes we might need a, a double bumper, as it were, uh, so that we might uh, get it through to us and be doers of the word and not hearers only. Please turn to the book of Psalms, number one. Psalm number one, well-known psalm. I say psalm, you say psalm. So uh, we'll try and get through. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for thy word. And oh, Father, we do pray that again you would just open up the windows of heaven and bless us through your word this evening. Take your servant and hide him behind the cross. Let no man be seen save Jesus only. And may it be that each and every one of us might be built up in our most holy faith, drawn closer to yourself. And Father, should there be one or more in our meeting that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior, maybe even this evening they would make those things right before thee. So our Father, we do pray that you will be pleased with what we uh, go through this evening and uh, that each and every one of us might leave this place saying it was good for us to be here, for here we met with the Lord and was blessed. To this end, undertake, we'll be careful to give thee the praise and the glory in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. I appreciated the word of God this morning. And uh, I think it's necessary from time to time to say it as it is. And as pastor said this morning, not too many churches preach on the reality of hell. Everybody's all on about heaven, which is good, but very few mention hell, damnation, and all the other words that we would use in this church. Now, I'm going to start off with a question. It's a rhetorical question, so I don't want you all shouting out. But do you want to be blessed by God? Do you want to be blessed by God? Of course, the answer is yes. We all want to be blessed by God. The second question is, are you being blessed by God? I hope and pray that you are being blessed by God. Hopefully, by the time we finish tonight, we will see whom God blesses. Now, what a beautiful psalm this is, and what a lovely beginning. Blessed. Blessed is the man. The theme of this psalm is the blessedness of the godly man and the judgment of the ungodly. So, it's twofold. 
And we heard a little bit about that this morning. Twofold. The godly and the ungodly. Or believers and unbelievers. Or again, the saved and the lost. And right through the Bible, this same principle applies. God blesses the godly and gives sorrow and punishment to the ungodly. See, God sees two types of individuals in the world. He does not see Roman Catholic as such, or Presbyterian, or Jehovah's Witnesses, or Mormons, or Baptists, or Rastafarianisms, or whatever. He sees those that are godly and those that are ungodly. You're either saved or you're lost. There's no sitting on the fence. Folks, religion will not save you. Your church will not save you. Baptism will not save you. The Apostles' Creed will not save you. The Westminster Confession will not save you. Even the Baptist distinctives will not save you. To be saved, a person needs to repent and accept Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. And it's then, and it's only then, that you go from the ungodly to the godly. When God looks at a man, of course, ladies are included in that statement. When God looks at a man, he sees either they are in Christ or they're still in Adam. Please turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's good for us to go through the word of God and we'll be going through it quite a bit this evening. But in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22, it says this. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now go down to verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. You are either saved or unsaved. So hopefully that's clear before we start to look at uh, these wonderful verses recorded in the first psalm. Because I believe this psalm gives us a more in-depth look at these two characters, these two men, these two individuals. This psalm is divided into two main portions. From verses 1 to 3, we will see the man that God blesses. And from verses 4 through 6, the man God blesses. Judges. Okay, Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Folks, right from the beginning of creation, it was God's desire to bless man. Genesis 1, 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. But you know that blessed state did not survive very long. The old serpent saw to that. 
And it was only after sin had entered into the world through disobedience that we find the word curse. But from the beginning, folks, it was God's desire to bless man. Not only was it God's desire to bless man, it is presently God's desire to bless man. But only those who have trusted in him. Please turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Now Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Blessed with all spiritual blessings. And if you go down through that chapter, I've gone through it, and I've counted at least 15 different blessings that God gives us. I'll mention just a few in a moment. Now, we don't need to turn to the rest of these chapters, but in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed is he that readeth. It's God's desire to bless his people. And if we read the word of God, and especially the book of Revelation, he says, Blessed is he that readeth. Revelation 14 and verse 12 says, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. And if you're a Christian, and if you die, you're a blessed person because you go straight into the presence of the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 9, there's God's blessings upon his people. We call it the Beatitudes. And many, many other scriptures tells us that we are blessed in so many ways. Folks, tonight we are a blessed people. And we ought to be very thankful that we are a blessed people. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that the believers in Christ has been blessed with all spiritual blessings. And if you go down through that chapter, it tells you that you're forgiveness of sins. That's a blessing. Salvation, peace, mercy, grace, sons of God, joint heirs with Christ, inheritance, eternal life with Christ. All blessings that God has blessed us with. And even in verse 5 we have this, having predestinated us. Now I don't see any full stop there. It says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Folks, we are not predestinated to be saved. We are predestinated to be adopted into his family. That's what God's saying. And so that's another blessing for each and every one of us. Predestinated us unto the adoption of children. Now folks, it is sad to say that uh, many, many Christians uh, do not make full use of their blessed state. Uh, we're all blessed here this evening. And as I look around, I see people that are well-dressed, well-shod, well-fed, and so forth, and many other blessings. But the spiritual blessings that supersedes all that is incredible when we start reading the Word of God, how God has blessed us, and He has given us forgiveness of our sins. He has given us salvation. We have peace and mercy and grace. We, have, we are sons of God and joint heirs with Christ. What more could we want than what God has given us? And yet not many make use 
of their blessed state. Folks, if you want God's blessings in your life, then you need to take note of the person that God blesses. So, what kind of man, woman, does God bless? Well, verse 1, he is a man separated from the world. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Obadiah tells us, In that day when thou stoodest on the other side, thou wast as one of them. We need to be careful how we walk. We need to be careful who we walk with. We need to be careful with the company we keep. He is a man separated from the world. In this verse, the godly man is a person who walks. His life is compared to a walk. Blessed is a man who walketh not, but he walks. And the word of God in several places compares the Christian life to a walk. Again, we haven't got all the time in the world this evening to go into it. But in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, we are told to walk worthy. Walk worthy. And of course, as we go on down that chapter, it gives us examples of walking worthy. Let's turn to that. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. We're not turning to every chapter this evening, otherwise you'll get no supper and you'll be here a long time. So Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So what is it to walk worthy? I'll just mention these names. I'll give you a description of them. And, uh, you know, that's just the bones you can have the flesh on at another time. It talks about lowliness in verse 2. What is lowliness? Okay, let's have an answer. What is lowliness? Pastor Gavin sometimes likes to get an answer. So do I. Okay, what is lowliness? How would you describe the word lowliness? Sorry? Okay. Humility comes into it. Anybody else? Sorry? To feel alone. Now that's loneliness. This is lowliness. Lowliness is a lack of self-importance. That's what it is. It's a lack of self-importance, not drawing attention to yourself. That's the way we as Christians should walk. Uh, not to be full of pride. Not to be out there saying, look at me. It's a lack of self-importance, not drawing attention to yourself. Meekness. What is meekness? Let me say this. (laughs) All night. (laughs) Meekness is not weakness. We must understand that. Moses was the meekest man that lived on the earth. But you would never ever say that Moses was a weak man. Meekness is not weakness. If you think it's weak to be meek, try to be meek for a week. Then you'll know all about it. If you think it's weak to be meek, try to be meek for a week. Long-suffering. That means patience towards others who has caused you troubles and harm and problems. Long-suffering. 
forbearing in love, patient and restrained. Unity. Aha, this is something that gets off uh, out of context in these days. Unity. Unity means togetherness, but not compromise. You see, churches get together, one or two or three churches, which used to be called by different names, and they come under a different banner, and they've done away with many of their own doctrines. Folks, that's uniformity. That's not unity. You and I who are Christ, you and I who are believers tonight in this church, we have a unity. We have a togetherness. Peace is a cessation of hostilities. God has blessed us with all these things. Now let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. Back two pages in your Bible. At least it is in my Bible. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And you can read on down to the end of that chapter. The fruit of the Spirit. Uh, what Paul writes in chapter 5 here... He reiterates in Ephesians chapter 4, which we've gone through. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So over and over and over again, we are exhorted in the word of God to walk worthy, to walk before God in lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing, unity, peace, and so forth. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, walk in the spirit. And Ephesians 4, 17 says, walk not in vanity. And Ephesians chapter 5, 2, 8 and 15, it says, walk in love. Walk as children of light. Walk circumspectly, carefully. I sometimes tell or give an illustration of that. I think Pastor Gavin used it a while ago, but it was uh, me that introduced it. <laughs> Back in Ireland, when the troubles were on, we had what they call yard walls. It was an eight-foot-high brick wall around the back of your house. And to stop intruders getting in, we used to have to break up glass and put it in concrete or cement along the top of the walls. And if anybody tried to climb over there, they would just tear themselves to pieces. But of course, there was lots of little cats in the district. And the cats would walk along these walls. And if you watched them, they would go very, very carefully. We would say gingerly today. Very carefully through that glass. Taking care not to cut their legs or their paws. They were walking circumspectly. They were walking carefully and folks that is a good picture of how the christian ought to be walking in the world today we need to be walking circumspectly listen there's broken glass out there there are pitfalls out there the old devil has set traps out there that cause us to get injured and that cause us to fall and we need to walk circumspectly in these days walk circumspectly of course our christian life is a walk, yes, but it starts off with one step. It's a step of faith. As we trust Christ 
as our personal saviour. And walking involves progress. Each step we take needs to be a step of obedience. You take the first step and accept Jesus Christ as saviour. And the second step, you might get baptised. And the third step, you might uh, enter into some service for the Lord. But each step needs to be a step of obedience. In Psalm 1, in verse 1, it's also a warning. Yes, it starts off with the word blessed, but it is blessed if there are conditions. Blessed is the man that walketh not. Blessed is the man that walketh not. Blessed is the man who does not walk or listen to or gravitate to the counsel of the ungodly. Now, folks... There is a saying, birds of a feather flock together. And I know that if I spoke to every pastor, they would understand that exactly. Because when somebody gets their nose out of joint, very, very rarely will they come and see the pastor. But they'll go to someone else who's got their nose out of joint and they'll say, well, I didn't agree with what he said this morning. What about you? Knowing that he's going to say, Funny, I didn't agree with it either. Because birds of a feather flock together. If a man or a woman is out of fellowship with the Lord, then he or she is out of fellowship with God's people. And they generally will not seek solace or comfort from those who are uh, in fellowship with the Lord. They seek solace and comfort from those who are out of fellowship with the Lord. Folks, Let me just say this. Do not seek counsel from the ungodly. How can an ungodly person give you counsel? Do not seek counsel from the unsaved. Do not seek counsel from those who are out of fellowship. If you really want to be blessed of God, then take heed to this warning. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And the warning here is, if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you will not receive God's blessing. Simple as that. Folks, the man whom God blesses is the man who is careful in his walk. One who separates himself from sinners. Look at the progression in verse 1. Walketh, counsel ungodly, standeth, way sinners, sitteth, seat, scornful. Now please turn to John chapter 18 and you know exactly what's coming here. John chapter 18. That's the chapter between 17 and 19, okay? Whenever I say 18, some people turn to chapter 10. I don't know why. But please turn to John 18 verse 15 onwards. John chapter 18 and verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. And that disciple was known unto the high priest, went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. Then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Look at verse 18. And the servants and officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And Peter stood with them. 
and warmed himself. Then when you go down to uh, Luke, we'll turn to Luke chapter 22, just back a few pages, Luke 22 and verse 55 onwards. And when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. So he stood with them, then he sat with them. But a certain maid beheld him and sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him, with Jesus. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And from verses 56 to 60, we see the scornful continually accusing Peter regarding his discipleship and following the Lord. And it is here that Peter denied the Lord three times. Folks, the man that God blesses is separated from the world. Peter was a follower, but he stood with the ungodly and the sinners. He sat with the scornful and he denied the Lord. But praise God, at the end of that chapter, we know that Peter repented and was restored. So verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. The man that God blesses is separated from the world. The man that God blesses is saturated in the word. Saturated in the word. Folks, the man God blesses is not delighted with the things of the world. And if you're delighted with the things of the world, if you get pleasure, if you get delight continually through the things of the world, well then you might need to read these verses and let them sink in. But his delight, the godly man's delight, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight... This godly man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, the, the word of God. And in his law does he meditate day and night. His delight is in the word of God. Folks, it is love for and obedience to the word of God that brings blessings in our lives. Now please turn back, way back in the Old Testament to the book of Joshua. Let us look at what the Lord said unto Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. And this is God speaking. And of course, Moses, my servant, is dead in verse 2. And then when you get down to verse 7, it says this. Only be thy strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thy mayest prosper whithersoever thy goest and there's a lot of people turning to the left and to the right and there's a lot of perversions out there today purporting to be the word of God folks we are not to turn from it to the left or to the right this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt uh, thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt ha thou shalt have good success. Prosperous 
and success. God will bless you if you keep in the word of God. Look at what David says in Psalm 63 and verse 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Continually he was in the word of God. Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse 8, Think or meditate on these things. Please turn to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, I told you we'll be going through the word of God. Psalm 19 verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Moreover, to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and then keeping of them there is great Reward. God blesses those that are in his word and who keeps his word. Folks, the Psalms are full of David's meditating on God's word. One has said, I don't know who said it, but one has said meditation is to the soul what digestion is to the body. We take it in. And we use it where necessary. It builds up. It gives strength for us to use in appropriate places. Please turn to Jeremiah 15. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. Jeremiah 15. And verses 16 and 17. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced I, nor rejoiced. I sat alone. Because of thy hand. For thou hast filled me with indignation. Meditation is to the soul. What digestion is to the body. Thy words were found and I did eat them. Folks we need to meditate. We need to soak up. We need to swallow as it were the word of God. Jeremiah took in God's word and devoured them. And they brought joy and rejoicing to his heart. Now look at verse uh, 17. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand. He did not sit in the seat of the scornful. He would rather sit alone than to be counted with the ungodly. And folks, sometimes we need to take a stand. And to some degree, we might lose out on some things. But as far as God's concerned, we never lose out. God's blessings will be upon us. Now please turn to Ezekiel chapter 2. Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And when I looked, behold, 
and ham was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. Now here is one of the unfortunate divisions of chapters in the word of God. I believe the first three verses in the next chapter should have been at the end of that chapter. But be that as it may, if you were reading one chapter a day, you would finish there. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was written within lamentations and mourning and woe. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thy findeth. Eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. Do we sit down and read the word of God? Do we devour the word of God? Do we use the word of God as our sustenance that we might take it in just like Jeremiah, just like Ezekiel? May it be that each one of us would meditate, devour, eat up the word of God in these days because it will bring sweetness to your soul. And it will equip you to speak unto those whom God would send you to. So the man whom God blesses, separated from the world, saturated by his word, and he is situated by the waters. John chapter 7, we're not turned to it, verses 37 to 39, speaks about the waters. And quite often, in Scripture, water is used to typify the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 4 and verse 14, it, well, let's turn to that one. John chapter 4 and 14. John chapter 4 and 14 says this, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting Life, everlasting life. And you could go right down that chapter. Uh, the Lord here is teaching the Samaritan woman about the spiritual water that only he can impart, which completely satisfies. See, the world cannot satisfy. The world is in a drought at the moment in Australia, but the whole world is in drought of the things of God. The world is a desert. It is dry. It can never satisfy. But the godly man gets his satisfaction and his sustenance from the living water. We need to sink our spiritual roots deep so that we can draw from the resources that he offers us because the Spirit will lead us into all truth. You know, the leaves and the blossoms and even the fruit, yes, they are all important. They're the exterior things we see. But if the root is neglected, there will be no resistance when the strong winds blow. 
And then there will be no leaves, no blossoms, no fruit. Because when the storms come, there will be nothing to hold on to. There will be no strength. And we will fail before God. Folks, we need to spend time in the Word. In the Word of God, in prayer, time in fellowship, God's people. Because all these things will strengthen us. And when the storms and trials and the tribulations come, we will be able to withstand them. We're not turned to it, but Jude, the epistle of Jude, verse 20 says this, But ye, beloved, he's already spoken about uh, the past, and he's speaking about the present, and now he's saying to the believer, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, speaks of edification, praying in the Holy Ghost, speaks of supplication, keep yourselves in the love of God, speaks of preservation, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, speaks of anticipation. And folks, the church is looking for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the rapture, that we might go to be with him in the air. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Let me just finish this little section, and then we'll go on to the next section, which is very short. Let me finish this section by looking at our great example, our Lord Jesus Christ. And to do this, we will only look at one well-known verse. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way separated from the world. The truth saturated in the word. The life situated by the waters. May it be that the man or woman that God wants to bless might be here this evening. Now we look at the second part and we'll just take a few moments on this. The second part of this psalm is verses 4 to 6. The man that God judges. Verse 4. The ungodly are not so. What a terrible judgment. What a terrible condemnation rests upon those who are outside of Christ an eternity condemned to the fires of hell itself. And Pastor Gavin did a tremendous job this morning in going through that subject, the subject of the reality of hell. Hell is sure. There's nothing surer than hell itself. What a terrible judgment and condemnation rests upon those who are outside of Christ. All that which the godly enjoys, the ungodly cannot enter into. Jude, again, verses 14 and 15 says this, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. God will judge the ungodly and they will be without excuse. Paul says in relation to the godly or the believer if you like 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abandoned in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God will bless those who are faithful to him. God will judge the ungodly, and God will bless the godly. Now David, the psalmist, likens the ungodly to chaff. I had written down here, Mr. Ian Dunn could explain chaff better than I, but I will try. Ian Dunn, you can correct me later. Chaff, what is chaff? The ungodly are like the chaff. Well, it's the skin of the seed. It is waste material. It is indigestible by humans. It has no roots, it is useless, it bears no fruit, it is blown about by the wind, and it has no substance. And I think that this is a very good description of the ungodly man. It's a life that's wasted. It's a life with no roots. It's a life that bears no fruit. It's blown about by the wind. It has no substance. And folks, there are people like that in many churches today. They have the outward appearance, as it were, but no roots, no fruit, no substance, blown about by every wind of doctrine. Tossed about, carried about. Matthew chapter 3 and verses 11 and 12 says this. Matthew chapter 3. verse 11 and 12 of course we know this is John Baptist Matthew 3 verse 11 I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ whose shoes I am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire and pastor was mentioning the fires this morning and how immense the fire fronts are I think he said 15 million acres are burning in Australia. But ultimately we know those fires will be put out. Ultimately the rains will come which will be the best thing. And we need to pray for that, that those fires will be put out. But John Baptist says, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Fire that will never be put out. The chaff or the ungodly or those who do not have God in their lives will endure the flames of hell forever. Rejectors of Christ and his offer of mercy. Rejectors of his forgiveness. Rejectors of eternal life. Folks, this ought to put the fear of God into each one of us. I would not like to spend eternity in the blackness of hell forever in unquenchable fire. 
What a tragedy for a person to go through life as chaff. Spurgeon says they will stand there to be judged, but not to be acquitted. They can say nothing in their own defense. What a tragedy. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly will perish. That word knoweth in verse 6 has a greater depth of meaning than what we could possibly explain tonight. But enough to say it means more than just a head knowledge. It has the idea of choosing, caring, guiding, as well as knowledge of and knowledge about. The Lord is omniscient. He knows all. He knows our ways. And look at verse 6 in chapter 1 again. Verse 6 says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, knows everything about us, but the way of the ungodly shall perish and with his omniscience he knows all he knows our ways knows our down sitting knows our uprising please turn well not turn to this evening psalm 139 1-6 2nd timothy 2 verse 19 the lord knoweth them that are his john 10 14 and 15 i know my sheep so god knows all about us he knows those that are his he knows his sheep by name. He knows our downsitting. He knows our uprising. But there is another very disturbing passage we need to turn to. And it's Matthew chapter 7. And we know this well. But we need to go through it because there may just be one that this would talk to. Matthew chapter 7 and especially verses 22 We'll read from 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, so they're arguing with the Lord. And in thy name done many wonderful things. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The works of the flesh, as good as they can be, are nothing but iniquity in the sight of God. You're not my sheep, he says. I do not know you by name. I, I do not know you as one of my sheep. Whatever you've been doing, you've been doing in the flesh. You've never really come to that point in your life when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Depart from me. I never knew you. At the end of verse 6, with this we will close says that the ungodly will perish. The ungodly shall perish. What an absolute tragedy that a man would waste his life, have no roots in God, no purpose, and at the end of his life, he perishes 
What a waste of a life. And folks to perish, as Pastor mentioned this morning. It is not annihilation. It is not going to the grave and that's it. It is not going to the grave and no more memories or whatever. It is everlasting damnation and unquenchable fire separated from Christ. That's what perishing is. And I pray that if there's anybody here tonight who's in that condition, who's in that situation, that they might think about what was said this morning and what's being said this evening. Psalm 1. Two people. Two final destinations. The question is, are you the man that God blesses? Are you the man that God will judge? Doesn't have to end that way. You can come tonight. We're going to have a fellowship supper. You can sit down quietly with one of the workers, with Pastor, one of the workers in this church. And what a wonderful start to 2020 that would be. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, Again, we give thee thanks for thy word. We thank you for this church where your word is preached uncompromisingly from cover to cover. We do not pick out things that will tickle people's ears, but we need to speak on the reality and the truth of hell. Yes, there's a heaven to grain and a hell to shun. And I pray, Father, that should there be one or more in this meeting this evening, even some young person who have never made that decision for thee that even tonight may be a night in their life they can look back forward to they can look back to when they said they met with the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved at the beginning of 2020 Father may it be so Amen